0: Welcome to fighting My Yum! Yeah.
1: Hey, how are you doing, Jerry?
0: Hey, I'm so good. How are you, Will? Oh, good.
1: I'm good. For some reason, I'm a little sleepy. I don't think anyone's gonna care, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sleepy too. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's like two in the afternoon on a I Saturday, know. so
0: I think it's because it's warm outside and fair. also I have all the curtains closed so that it stays cool in yeah, here. So it feels true. like sleepy time.
1: Yeah. And also you just got back from Peru. So which I'm is very, very tired. Exhausted.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I woke up at like three, three thirty AM every single day to go on hikes or treks.
1: <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um yeah, it was my first solo trip. Mm-hmm. Um it was amazing.
1: Did you meet anybody? Like, meet anybody, question mark?
0: Um, I made out with a Kiwi, nice. but that's it. Okay, yeah. that's great, though. I mean, it's sort of hard. Well, you know, I was, like, walking and hiking and doing a bunch of shit, like, every single day. So yeah. it was difficult because I didn't even, like, go out that much. Yeah. But also, I stayed in a hostel with, like, six people in a room, you know? So you can't really, like, bang. Yeah. No, I mean that's true. Unless they have a place, you know. Or
1: but unless it's like a group thing.
0: Well, that's true. I guess if everybody <laughs> in up. the uh, room like, yeah. <laughs> is like, like interested yeah. in a gangbang, yeah, I didn't even explore yeah, that possibility. No, you know, there's always I another thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, but that wasn't really a part of it. I would have loved to fall in love with somebody there. That would have yeah. been fun.
1: That, I'm sure it would have been.
0: I met a bunch of wonderful people, though. I had like a lo- like a lot of lovely interactions. I got travel
1: buddies are always cool. Like I know when we went to Thailand, we met a couple of friends that were like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I just always think it's so fun because you're like doing the same kind of stuff, and like you just get to. There's not a lot of other people that you become familiar with, so like you just do things together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's neat.
0: I had a couple people, I had multiple people like that too, and I just like I think traveling on your own, like I had a bunch of really cool, interesting experiences. Like I was walking like a tourist to find the market cause I'm obsessed with markets and this local woman, I was, I was holding the map and this local woman was walking next to me and she was like, are you lost? I was like, I'm just going to the market. And she was like, come with me. And so she took me all around the market and like That's showed me all around awesome. and like what to buy and whatnot. And then she haggled for me and she took me to like the local market. It was That's really so cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. And then this guy that I met the first day in Lima at my hostel We sort of, like, kept in touch as I was in Cusco, and when I got back, he, like, had nothing to do, and he was like, oh, I'll take you to the city city center, and then he gave me a tour, like, a free tour of the city center and, like, all the history and stuff. Yeah, which is super cool, and I got to, like, learn a bunch of stuff and hang out in, like, local areas, too. Okay,
1: so I'm going to ask this question. Would you do that for somebody uh, that seemed like a tourist in L.A.?
0: Um... I mean... It's okay
1: to say no. I feel like I would say no because like, I'm just busy. But Yeah,
0: it would depend, I guess, if I was... I, I think he was, like, he was, like, trying to be flirty. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> I don't know. I guess if he was bored, he was just looking for something to do. But, yeah, I, I feel like... Maybe not. Although, this woman came into my bar last night and she was from the UK, and, like, I tried to help her as much as possible. Like, I gave her a list of places yeah. to go, and I was like, this is what to do, you know, and whatever. Because yeah. I was like, oh, traveling alone, like, I get it. Like, you, <laughs> here's all the resources I can possibly totally. provide.
1: That makes sense. I, I would definitely do that. I think it would only be, like, I would only dedicate part of my day to it if it was, like, a tourist that was like, oh, I just really want to go to this one, uh, this one corporate campus where yeah. you happen to work. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, come with me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that the, like, pace in... Peru is much different than here, you know, but it was interesting. I got uh, there were these two like amazing. I mean, on that note, though, there were incredibly generous human beings Mm -hmm. who were helping me. And like these two women who were friends of a friend who live there, one of them picked me up from the airport and then took me to my hostel and then we got dinner. And so I got to learn all about like the local culture and stuff, which is so cool. And and they were just so kind, like they just did it just because. Because I was a single female traveler, you know, and they didn't, they wanted me to have a good experience. Yeah. Like, so
1: well, that's nice. exciting. I like it yeah. when people have other people's backs. And I think yeah. definitely like women have each other's backs yeah. when they travel. I would guess. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was nice. But yeah. And uh, Machu Picchu was everything I hoped it would be
1: and more. It That's was great. amazing. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm sure good. if you want to see pictures, you can check out Jerry's Instagram. Yeah.
0: I have so many. <laughs> uh, but, anyways, uh, today we have Janice DeLuca on, who I'm super excited uh, to have had the opportunity to speak with her. She doesn't live here. And so I got to catch her on like one weekend that she's in town. But she works with uh, primarily women now, 40 to 60. And that's like her demographic. And so it was exciting to hear about, you know, the challenges that come up, like her approaches, mm-hmm. how she does it, her history, her past. Um, and sort of her journey with with sex and, and sexuality and pleasure. And, yeah, she's she's wonderful and super insightful. And I just had a really great time.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm listening to it for the first time. So I I know, I, I'll be with you guys on the journey. Yeah, yeah. sounds Sounds great. Enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Head to toe You see me patience so let's go welcome to finding my yum we have janice DeLuca here today um she is a mentor and guide for women who's focused on sexuality and does private and group workshops retreats um all of the good things that we're going to talk about thank you so much for being here
2: oh thank you for inviting me jerry yeah, i'm absolutely. really happy to be here I'm so happy i've been anticipating here. this time together oh
0: yeah me too yeah. me too um so we got connected through your daughter, Annie, right. who um, is a phenomenal writer and producer and executive extraordinaire, um, and uh, and and she suggested that we talk because um, we were having a conversation. And I was telling her about the podcast, and she was like, "Well." My parents, I grew up with um, very open parents who talked about sex and sexuality quite a bit. And my mom actually works with um, women of all different ages with their sexuality. And I was like, ding, 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 <laughs> Yeah, so um, thank you for being here. And you flew in yesterday. So I did, I like, did. A good luck charm to be able to even have you here live. oh so, yeah. thank
2: you. Well, I yes. feel like it's my good fortune as well. Oh, thank. Anytime I can sit down with a woman and, you know, talk about what really has heart and meaning for our lives as women i'm here
0: yeah absolutely Um, well i'd love to dive right in so um i'd love to hear a little bit about you know we've spoken a little bit before about like you were talking about your almost your sexual awakening came a little like later in life or it really burgeoned um and so i'd like to hear how you got to that moment and then started working with women because you were an RN, right? Right, 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 yeah.
2: So I was always interested in, you know, tending to the body and soul and spirit of people and coming into more of the healing arts and so forth. But um, as I progressed in my career, I really loved it. I loved nursing. And then when I had kids, I stayed home for a while, mm-hmm. and then when I went back, I wanted to go back more part time. So I went in and started working with heart patients that had, had a you know major event in their life, a um, heart attack or heart surgery, whatever. So I was it was mostly a rehabilitation program to get them feeling more comfortable with physical activity again. But a lot of it was about education as well. Mm-hmm. And I began to realize that heart disease was more like heart disease, and so I started going really into behavioral medicine and the mind-body connection, and that just kept opening one door after another about, you know, really approaching ourselves wholly, you know, whole, yeah. our whole selves. It's not just this or not just that. Right, it's everything. Piecemeal. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. So we're integrated. And so um, I started doing all these behavioral medicine studies and so forth and became a stress uh, reduction um, consultant and added that to all my programs for my heart patients and then started teaching it out beyond the hospital. I left the hospital, started a business, The Art of well Wellbeing uh, for my body, mind, and spirit. But it evolved into working with women eventually. All my work started focusing that way. And one of the main uh, uh, inspirations, actually, uh, when I was working with heart patients was a physician who had uh, discovered how to reverse heart disease without drugs or surgery. And he was using visualization, yoga, meditation, And opening the heart because, you know, we're so armored around our hearts, you know. Yeah. And also how important intimacy is. And once their patients started opening their heart and talking about themselves and uh, having intimate relationships, that really affected their outcomes with their um, heart health. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking about opening the heart and found a teacher that really talked about opening the heart, the Mm -hmm. heart, the emotional heart and about embracing all of who we are. And for that, I started looking at how am I embracing all of who I am? What more is seeking cultivation or development in my own life? And that was really um, looking at my central sexual self yeah. And developing that more. And as my work started developing as far as the art of well-being, I started teaching yoga, my mindfulness, meditation, and so forth. And that started opening more doors for this personal development and into what is called Tantra Yoga as well. So, yeah, uh, what is so Tantra Yoga? Tantra Yoga comes from the ancient Hindu practice. It's more like a meditation practice. It's uh, actually the word Tantra means a weaving of energies or experiences Expanding energies And the tantric uh, view, the world came into being through the erotic dance and union of the male god Shiva and the female um, goddess Shakti. And it was their union that created life. And it's that the Shakti is the feminine creative energy and that is the sexual creative energy that flows through women. So there's a lot of practices on how to move that energy in your body. Of course, the ancient tantrics were doing it for spiritual enlightenment, but there was also the aspect of of integrating sexuality also as a way of uh, awakening and also seeing it as a spiritual energy. But if you keep out the spiritual, which is what the West did, they brought tantric yoga or tantric sect to the West, and it was all about deepening into the sexual uh, creative energy and creating more intimacy and the art of sexual loving.
0: And connection.
2: And the big thing is connection. It isn't about getting off. It's about connection. Connection. Right. So, as women, we have the sexual creative energy that flows through us, but we, you know, start shutting it off. It gets blocked at an earlier age uh, for certain of our personal experiences and certainly our experiences in the collective, you know, what we've been told about ourselves and how we should express ourselves as sexually yeah. uh, uh, awakened women. And so, a lot of us are not expressing the fullness of this energy in our life, and we have a lot of, of Media, as you're saying, telling yeah. us who and what we should be as sexually alive women. Uh, we have our education systems, we have religion, we have all kinds of outside influence telling us how we should express ourselves as sexually whole women. Right. And so my work is about supporting women in having that conscious relationship with their own life force, the sexual creative energy, and becoming their own authority on their body. And their sexual creative energy and how they want to express it. What is their truth? We have to really go through the layers to find out what is our truth about expressing our sexuality and reclaiming and redeeming it as something beautiful right. and filled with physical delight. And you know, when you talk about yum, you know, finding that ecstasy in in our bodies. Yeah, yeah, it's all within us. This energy is within us. It's not outside. And that idea of that. Uh, erotic dance and union of the two opposites coming together you know that transcends gender you go into this oneness and this um ecstasy you know
0: um i i want to get back to your work but i actually would love to hear um a little bit about uh, your upbringing because i'm curious yes what was your sex education like when you were growing up or what 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 was the teaching because Now, Mm. primarily, what we've talked about a lot and what I experienced was basically just anatomical and somewhat STI, STD teaching and, and just like how, yeah, the body sort of fits together with like a male and a female. And like, that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm curious, did you have any, you didn't have, where where are you from originally? I'm from the Midwest. Okay.
2: Right, right. Very conservative. Yeah. And uh, the biggest education I got was when I got my period. Okay. And uh, I got sure. a little, a little book. To. Yeah, <laughs> a little book called Molly Grows Up. And this is what's going to happen once a month. And here's a box of pads. And here you go. And that was it. That was it. Okay. That was it. And, as far, and then in biology class, you know, the anatomy and that sort of thing. But sure. no, no, and we weren't talking about uh, sexually transmitted diseases a little bit because... A little bit about syphilis and gonorrhea was the thing, but we didn't okay. hear about it in school. No, no, there was no sex education. Basically, in biology class, you could write a piece, a, a question on a piece of paper, put it in a jar, and then the teacher with a red face would read the question and answer it. But it wasn't anything about sexual loving or yeah. anything about orgasm or in, Did you any catch of that. Any of because it's all about biology.
0: My my mom um, was like on the tail end of the baby boomers, so she didn't really experience any of like the openness or what was you know created from like the the '60s and and that movement. Did you get any influence from that, or was the where you were like really kind of sheltered and? In it was.
2: The we were aware of it okay. and the whole notion of that, and there was a lot of liberation. Sure. Uh, there came some pros and cons with that liberation because sometimes you're saying yes when you really want to say no and
0: right because it's part of the movement it's part of the movement and you get caught
2: up in it and so it's still we're still not looking at a conscious relationship to sexuality it's sort of going with what's happening with the media but not really checking in with ourselves how we want to express it and honoring whatever that truth is and I know you interview uh Different people with different expressions and ways of exploring their sexuality. And that's what each woman needs to find from the self rather than being influenced by something outside of us.
0: Right. Yeah, that's actually interesting when I think about like the sort of sexual liberation of the 60s and 70s. That piece of um, like consciousness and mindfulness isn't a part of it because it was so radical to just be like, Fuck the man's use my exactly. language and fuck the system. Yeah, and, Throw away yeah. your bra. Yeah, that was exactly. And that was
2: in the 70s in the women's movement. Right, right, absolutely. Feminism, so forth, and it was almost anti, you know,
0: yeah, absolutely. You know. And so then for you moving forward from like that conservative like did was your family open about sex and talking about sexuality? It was a very
2: affectionate family. Okay. There was a lot of touch and connection, but there wasn't any outright conversation about it. Okay. I remember when I was a little girl, I used to there was a bus pole in front of our house, a bus stop, uh-huh. and I used to climb it and you know, you wrap your legs real tight yeah. around the pole, pole and you pull yourself up and down yeah. and it would rub you know sure. and I would get a lot of physical pleasure and you know I I didn't know what I was doing and I remember coming in the house and saying oh I love climbing that bus pole it feels so good <laughs> and my mother would have this little grin on her face I said you know it feels like when you have to go to the bathroom so bad and then when you go it feels so good well that's what it feels like it is so funny, so, funny. Yeah. so anyhow but she just kind of had this little smile, smile on her yeah. face
0: not telling me what I was doing sure
2: you know basically masturbating on the bus pole.
0: Um, yeah it's funny when I was a kid I would read Cosmo magazine and they would have all of these like like you know this is like a taboo thing that we were sort of doing and they would have all of these um, explanations of like women who would write in like they love horseback riding or whatever for like that kind of stimulation but it was like this this thing that wasn't active like they weren't actively participating in it or creating it for themselves it was like a passive almost it felt good though right exactly
2: yeah, right. And you know, lots of times that's what I do when I work with women is and I would ask them their earliest memory, their earliest recall of feeling erotically alive in their bodies, sensually and sexually oh, alive. Yeah. How far back does and a lot of times it goes back to when they're little girls.
0: Sure. You know, Absolutely. like me on the bus pivotal, call yeah because it's a really pivotal children time. and
2: babies are very sensual and sexual and then we're told that
0: Yeah, I often say that I feel like we walk around as severed heads. Like, exactly. We're really taught that we are supposed to be from... very cerebral and that the rest isn't important to like tap into. Well, that's like, We live in everything.
2: a very masculinized world, and the head yeah. is valued and in the intellect and the rational, irrational, which means you the know, life of the senses, the erotic life. Right. And the body is cast out. And so it's all about you know, the head up. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, disconnect and armoring of the body and, uh, shame around the body. There's all kinds of reasons that we're disconnected from the body, but it's not valued in the wisdom that it holds.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: So as you progress, as uh, like you, you get married and then, so was there a particular, like a, a more severe shift that you noticed? Like as you started doing these like heart opening, um, mindfulness sort of practices right. and teaching tantric was there a shift in your own body in your own mind in your own like sexuality and and how oh, you were engaging yeah.
2: right 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 that my outer journey took an yeah. in inner journey yeah. yeah right so as I was creating this in my profession it was really affecting my personal life as well my private life and things right. that I wanted to explore so uh when I realized that I wanted to know more about myself that led me to to explore sexuality and Tantra and so forth and uh, and that did shift things I remember saying to my partner I'm in a heterosexual marriage yes. I said to him I feel like now we're really in union uh, this is really a marriage yeah this is and we had so much fun because he explored it with me as well yeah, now and say, it that's... can it can relate Not everybody's in relationship, so I I don't want to be exclusive in talking about partnership. Yeah. However, it deepened our relationship. Like, I couldn't believe. I said, now this is a marriage. And I wasn't necessarily, our sexuality wasn't, our sexual intimacy, there wasn't anything bad or wrong or or not good. We had pleasure. But this, you know, just bringing consciousness to where it really became a priority in our life that we created time for that after having children he's a physician he's tired burned out you know no time for us so we started making that time because you have to make time right. for it because it is going to go on the back and that's just the energy that you do need because yeah. it revitalizes it's a healing revitalizing energy right at it's full of the life force yeah. so but when you're up, you have you know such an intimate bond with your children i know this is something you mentioned what happens after children yes, I would love well to what know. happens is it's a very intimate bond with your child and, you know m- many women breastfeed this is very intimate yeah. um your energy is so connected there and then there's there's somebody there's a little one that wants something from you all the time right. so your energy is pretty depleted yeah and you're in mom mode i'm in it's mom like mode a- my aphrodite the goddess of love and beauty yeah. and sexuality as i said goes out the back door and mom sure. comes in the front door so it really is essential and i would say this to young uh, people having or young couples now that somehow you it would be uh wonderful if you can make some kind of time for each other. Right. Because the gaps get bigger and wider and then you're not communicating in all kinds of ways. And so even if you just spend you know a moment in bed together wrapping around each other Mm -hmm. just heart to heart you know body to body. Yeah. You know and just breathe together. Synchronize your breaths. Feel your heart's connecting your second chakra your sexual centers connecting maybe the energy isn't there for full out sexual intimacy yeah. but keep that energetic connection I
0: think, I think it's amazing that too that you had a partner that was willing to go yes. on that journey with you because it makes I all think, the
2: difference in the world
0: yeah and i think that that's i guess maybe gosh i realizing i maybe i'm a little jaded because i feel like that is unique to me and my experience of even myself of you know, wanting to go on a particular journey or opening myself up and then realizing that the partner that I was with wasn't in that space or wasn't able to open the heart or mind in that way. And so it's phenomenal to me that you both could do that and then it could lead to such like deepening and opening of expression. That is
2: the gift of it. Yeah. You know, and I sometimes men will come into it i'll say partners because i'm in a heterosexual event. Yeah, yeah um will come into uh because i did we did teach some couples tantra workshops oh. and um
0: and when you say you teach couples tantra like what does that i don't know exactly what okay. that looks like because you said you they took out the spirituality in when we brought it to the western world well right? so,
2: you can take out the. Okay. What I'm saying is people do, and they make it more about, you know, and that's great. Like
0: positions? uh,
2: You know, just the breathing, even the breathing techniques and so forth. um, It isn't so much uh, about uh, calling it a sacred, the sacred um, union or or that kind of thing. Or because (laughs) the people, the tantric masters, Mm -hmm. weren't practicing tantra for sexual intimacy. It was for spiritual enlightenment. They weren't even involved in sexuality, the right-hand path. So I'm not a teacher of the full concept of Tantra. And so I want to say that in all due respect to the path of Tantra, what we're familiar with here in the West is Tantric sex. And so that is a vehicle for awakening, spiritual awakening. That energy is spiritual energy. However, we're interested in Uh, most people are interested in having deeper intimacy and connection with their beloved and whoever that may be and you can bring and call in the divine if you choose to rather than making it a have to because we have too many have to's around if we view it as religion or so forth so i don't want to do a disservice to that path because i really resonate with with the spiritual uh, concept as well
0: right so when you're when you are working with couples mm-hmm. what is your focus or even when you're doing like tantric yoga what is your focus like how do well you i use
2: it? the concepts okay and the principles of and the resources and tools of uh, the tantric approach to sexual loving which is which is breathing, breathing. Uh, really moving the energy in your body moving it from and in tantra they call rather the vagina or whatever you want to call the woman's um they use the term yoni which is means sacred space oh. and it's it's just it includes everything of the female the womb the vagina all of it. Oh, got it um so anyhow moving this energy from yoni connecting and i when we do it we bring people do the breathing they bring it up to the heart to expand that energy so you're you're bringing in both energies Go the ahead. feminine creative sexual energy and the the heart energy together okay. so we use breathing practices just like in hatha yoga sure. you would and we do movement Vinyasa. and some some of that as well to get the energy moving in your body and we do um exercises where they connect to each other and the, just what i was talking to you about that and it's not so much spooning but having the full frontal body together mm. and connecting and sending energy to one another but it's also about um shifting roles you know there's always the giver and the receiver mm-hmm. so each partner gets to learn what each other really how they like to mm-hmm. receive and how and so you become a giver and one becomes a receiver okay. of I have a feeling this is kind of going all around That's here all so we're all good yeah so some of the tech uh some of the principles are really about um sharing their truth their sexual truth with them as far as
0: how they like to be touched
2: and oftentimes uh and
0: and this is in the workshop or these are
2: but they do it you know they go home okay and do that in their in their bedroom but we come and we talk about about the different forms of touch and how to touch a woman's uh, vagina or yoni whatever feels comfortable um how to pleasure a woman um and how to, it's, a, it's about connections, not in delaying, the. it's about delaying the orgasm. Because the woman's sexuality is a lot finer energy, and it takes longer for her to open yeah. in the female body. Sure. And so, uh, whereas a man is right there, mm-hmm. um, the male sexuality is right there usually. So there's breathing techniques for a man to slow down whether he's going to ejaculate or not ejaculate, how to use touch and not to how to touch the vagina in ways that varies the level intensity of touch. Because if you stay on one spot all the time, right. it short-circuits this yes. the whole... And it becomes painful. Uh, <laughs> like yeah, too it much. does. It's too much. It's like overload. And, you know, three-quarters of women do not have orgasm through thrusting, through... Through have, penetration. Yeah. Through penetration. Yeah. It, and so there's a whole whole conspiracy against the clitoris you know that you have to have a vaginal orgasm or you have to orgasm together and this is a woman's sexual organ is her clitoris right and to be able for uh, her partner whoever her partner is to learn how to touch her in a way and for her to tell her partner what she needs and so, everyone's afraid of each other's egos are going to be bruised if you say I don't like the way you're doing this so we make it in a positive way sure. and when you were talking about sex positive I just want to go back to that's yeah. why I was drawn to Tantra because it's so sex positive mm. and so I was looking for all things that mirrored that affirmation of women's sexuality. Yeah. Um, so. So there's a lot of ways to deepen your intimacy. You set up your bedroom or you're wherever you're going to, or you take it out of the bedroom, wherever, but you make it very intentional space,
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, like candles, you know, have flowers. Now, we're not going to do that all the time, but sometimes you have to have gourmet sex, you sure. know? Yeah, And absolutely. so bring consciousness it to up, it. Yeah. You know, you want to bring consciousness to it. So you are very intentional and present. A lot of people are doing their grocery list, So the breath keeps you present. The breath's in the body. Mm-hmm. The body can't be in the past or future. It's always in the present. So, feeling your breath, you can extend your orgasm by breathing. When yeah, women you start, you can move it. You can move that energy, up. and the more you move, you have this full body experience, right. and it can lead into this ecstasy and this oneness. Sure. Uh, it takes time. There's sexual satisfaction, and there's sexual fulfillment. Mm. And when we learn that we're responsible for our own sexual pleasure, yeah, I'm responsible. You're responsible. My partner is not. I am. So I need to learn how about my body, and so I teach women how to. Pleasure themselves, or how to feel comfortable in their sexuality, however that is for them. Yeah, they're responsible for the pleasure. They're responsible for ask for what they need, and what Which doesn't is something feel
0: good. We're not. I feel like overwhelmingly we're not taught as women that to take ownership over our sexuality, our pleasure, ask for what we want. Like that is that is a big hurdle. That's a big hurdle that I've I'm still working through. Because it feels uncomfortable when you also have all of these hormones and, you know, blood is pumping and you right. do feel turned on. It is also difficult to communicate just in general to, like, form words that make sense and are articulate for what you want. But it does feel like this, I feel like the shame monster. I don't know if you've ever seen this show on Netflix called Big Mouth, but... It's all about puberty, but they have these really wonderful sex monsters that come that represent like their hormonal, you know, chains. Oh, and sure. Basically, it's like their puberty monster. And then they had a shame monster come and like totally all encompass like a couple of the characters. And so, so much around sex and just even communicating or asking for what we need, I feel like is just enveloped in a lot of shame of like, well... I shouldn't have to ask like either they should know it should just be this silent thing that like somebody else knows or I'm wrong because like my body's flawed because like they're doing something right and I'm not feeling the correct. Thing.
2: right right none of us has been educated in the art of sexual loving right and there is a tremendous amount of shame around sexuality and um, shame is a soul-eating force it says something's mm-hmm. wrong with me yeah. and there's nothing and lots of times women take on the responsibility for what's wrong in their sexual life yeah they take on the projection and they believe it and I want every everyone to know there's nothing wrong with you you're not a problem to be fixed or solved mm-hmm. you're a beautiful woman uh, discovering your body maybe I mean really consciously for the first time and it takes time to know yourself and your and what you need and I think the important thing when you said when we're in the the heat of the moment so to speak it's hard to say sometimes if when you're talking about sex positive, it's saying, oh, that really feels good. Oh, 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 right. that really feels good right then and there. Yeah. Oh, could you go back there? That feels mm-hmm. so yummy. That's so good. Right. You know, that kind of thing. So that positive direction right. is very helpful. I'm sure you know that. But yeah, like But we affirming. do forget it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And when you have a partner, and I'm talking more in a long term or more of a committed, you can talk about those things after. Sometimes too, totally. You know, and it's good to stay. It's almost like pillow talk. You know, it's good to stay laying down because as soon as you sit up, you're in your head. Yeah. If you're in that post glow, sometimes that can happen. Yeah. You can share more honestly, but it, it is. I'd not say but and it's essential that you speak whenever it comes to you and sure. anyway, and maybe it'll come out kind of not how you want it to come out, but it's it's starting to find your voice. Yeah in being responsible for your sexual pleasure.
0: So I'd love to talk a little bit about your work with women specifically. Um, What ages do you typically work with?
2: I would say, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. So uh, um, the youngest I've had is probably late 20s, and that's that's an anomaly. That is usually I don't see women in their 20s. Um, Maybe late 30s, um, mid-40s, and now it's, you know, even fifties, even sixties, um, because, um, sexuality is such a component of who we are. And, uh, so women are still wanting to explore and know more about themselves as sexually whole women. Uh, so I would say the prime age was between 40 and 50 and then, and then older, but, um, yeah, I would say and that age.
0: partnered, not partnered, Both. all around.
2: Both. Um, mostly because I'm cisgendered and I'm in a heterosexual yeah. relationship. Most of uh, the women that I work with are occasionally some lesbian women, but mostly uh, heterosexual women.
0: And then these, like your workshops focus on... On what exactly? On um, like deepening their connection with themselves, invigorating their pleasure. How, how does that, what does that look like? Okay.
2: Uh, it looks like, first of all, something we've already talked about, how to be sovereign mm-hmm. in, in um, claiming your sexuality. You know, there's still a lot of uh, wounding yeah. in women. Around um, the re- religious upbringing. We carry this Eve's womb. You know, yeah. she's responsible for the fall from grace. Right. Now, I don't care how uh, out there you might be with your sexuality. I would say just about every woman is carrying that in her DNA that have been part of our Western culture mm-hmm. and have been exposed to that. Totally. So it goes in very deeply. So uh, in every, so we have our personal uh if we want to say wounding around our sexuality, and we have our collective wounding as women, yeah. sexuality. So when we get together, the most important thing was just what I said to you: is that there's nothing wrong with you. You know, you're not a problem to be solved or fixed. And we come in in a very uh, heart-centered way, and we don't just talk about. Being heart-centered, we open our hearts so we meet and greet each other through the eyes and ears of the heart. That creates the container, so women feel comfortable to speak to something that's been so taboo right. about their sexuality. So we may start out with a very inner inquiry about when do you first recall mm. connecting to your erotic nature? Yeah. Who? When wasn't it okay to connect to that, or is it, or didn't? Was there a messenger? Was there a message that this was not okay to express yourself? Yeah. And then uh, sometimes women go try triads and share what, what they are, uh, their story, because mm-hmm. stories are so essential. And that's what we want to create, a space for sharing our stories. Yeah. So then we can move into the healing and the expansion of who and what we are as sexual women. So we do use a lot of breathing techniques. I have them breathe down into their... Their uterus to their womb to the yoni, um, to connect to it, and because we're so armored, we have sexual armoring. So I invite them to use their hands to massage, you know, their pelvic bowl mm-hmm. and begin to bring movement to the pelvic bowl mm-hmm. to awaken this because uh, the energy is blocked, it's stuck, yeah. um, because of first of all emotional psychological imprints, but actually, you know, the tissues just are are tense and so even to massage within their thighs and around the outside of their vagina to really as i'm sitting here talking to you I'm yeah yeah, <laughs> you know, showing you. yeah i'm showing you I'm, I'm italian i use my hands so you know to massage that area to start freeing up the energy and then start moving it up through their bodies and then we'll do hip uh, circles uh, I even have a woman come in and do belly dancing oh, cool. to open up our hips and our yeah. pelvic bowl our sacred bowl and get the energy moving breathing I have them go home and do a yoni meditation or vagina meditation a lot of women have never looked at their vagina before
0: oh like actually looking or like focusing uh, looking
2: their- at it with a mirror mm-hmm. yeah go home look at right. it it
0: is sort of remarkable that we as a culture, like that's not something that we talk about because I think there is right. a lot of women, are a lot of women out there who haven't done that. And, and they
2: haven't, they don't know what it looks like, and then they think it's abnormal or not normal because everyone's looks different. Right. And so just see what feelings arise when they do that and they learn something about themselves through that and sure. start getting a lot of connection. I also, there's a lot of body shaming, so I teach them a practice called body love and really have them um, open their heart to themselves in the privacy of their own space and and do a hands-on body love giving love to all parts of the body particularly you know our sexual center and our Mm -hmm. breasts and maybe we don't like our thighs or our butt whatever it is to really infuse the body and our sexual creative center with love coming from us otherwise we're always looking from out there we have to affirm our body so i give them practices around that also to use their pc muscle the pubic uh, pubococcygeal muscle, mm. and sometimes it's called the love muscle. It's the muscle that you use to shut the flow of your urine. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Sure. Yeah, so that is that. a huge muscle that right supports your pelvic floor, and it also can increase um, orgasm. Is that
0: like Kegels? Is yes, that, Okay. Kegels. Yeah. You
2: know, we always think about a childbirth or whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's also called the love muscle. Yeah. And if you're in a relationship and you're being penetrated with a penis and you have that with your lover, you can really squeeze and release and squeeze. It's yeah. very lovely for him. And it also activates your Shakti, your sexual creative energy. Totally. Um, because when you're not like, really oh, I'm not really feeling it. (laughs) you know you start squeezing that muscle and you start breathing the energy up so I teach women that to connect with themselves whether they're in a relationship or not to feel that flow because it's vital you know when a woman is really connected to her sexual creative energy she has a certain radiance and confidence and empowerment yeah and that's what We all want to feel. Absolutely. And if we cut that off, like you said, we cut it off from the head down and we cut this part out, our sacred pelvis, our sacred bowl, our sexuality, you know. Well,
0: and I feel like we are so powerful. Like we, we women bring life into the world. Right. And it's a threat. And so like historically, if you look even anthropologically, like we have been the womb envy is a very big thing you know within indigenous populations and cultures and so i think a lot of that severing especially for female-bodied people is they're they're threatened the male male body people are threatened by the power of our erratic nature and our sexuality and so when we tap into it and we become these more full realized beings it's holy shit, it's a power to be reckoned with.
2: And if every woman recognized that yeah. and and connected to the heart so it's used consciously, yeah. so we're not repeating the patriarchal way. Totally. But as women come into this fullness of their power, it's empowering love. It's, this energy can empower that out into the world. Yeah. And and their strength and their their compassion, their brilliance, yeah. all of it, we come into our full wholeness. And if you cut this part off, it's the essence. I yeah. consider that a woman's second heart. Yeah, you know, it, it's the pulse of life. You know, it it expands, it contracts like the heart. It bleeds. You know, it has. Yes. It fills with blood. True. It empties. You know, it's you know, it's right. really. It gives life. The heart gives life. You know, if you choose to, you can give life. Yeah, but it is the creative energy. Oh, I
0: love that. I actually haven't heard that before. The second heart. Yeah, yeah. I, but just in the way you described it, of like. Me. Yeah, anatomically it yes, it it
2: looks very much. It looks more like the it looks more like the art heart, you know, than the physical heart. Yeah, the uterus really looks more like a heart than our physical heart. When you draw a heart,
0: absolutely a physical
2: heart. So you connect these two hearts, and a woman's, you know, yeah, on it. So many things open up. (laughs) So so we do a lot of you know dancing and movement and music, everything to awaken. All of that is a doorway to to your yum. Yeah. All of it is. Yeah. And I have to tell you, there's a. have been thinking about this for you. There's there's this um, tantric po- pose or posture um, yeah. that you use with your partner. Yeah. And it's called yabyam. Oh. And so. What
0: does it look like? It
2: looks like, and this is how Shiva and Shakti are pictured in union. The male, if it's a male or your partner, sure. whoever, one sits cross-legged on the floor. Okay. And then the woman or the other partner, whatever, comes up onto the lap and entwines the legs around. So you're completely lined up energetically. The whole front. And you have, you know, part of tantra is really eye gazing. So your eyes are connected. Everything's connected, heart. And you start breathing together. And you can even start moving in a circular position. It can be very erotic or it can be used for deep connection. And you can actually face each other first before you go in that position put your hand, your right hand on his heart or her heart. So you're connecting heart to heart with your hands in your heart and then sit on the lap entwine, and you're so aligned and the energies are so aligned. And it can go into sexual intimacy, sexual uh, loving as well. Sure. Or it can be just, you can do it bare, you can do it in your clothes, but it's called yab yum.
0: Yab yum, I love that. So I think you need to,
2: you know, the next, you know, that's going to be your position. Try it out,
0: yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it sounds like it resonates. I'm going to try it and I'll, I'll oh. report back. And, and I also want to
2: mention that um, it's women empowering women. It's not me as the authority. That's the beauty sure. of our mm-hmm. groups coming in. So I do a lot of triad work with the women. And they do a lot of hands-on, you know, putting their hand on a woman's heart, upper heart and her lower heart and extending that conscious love and touch some women have never really had any conscious touch Mm. on their sexual center you know it's been even insensitive medical exams abortions you know any wounding medical woundings you know so just having this area being touched just for the sole purpose of receiving love and not having to give anything so healing for women yeah it opens them i've had more women who have shared that to me that that's been really big for them to be touch so consciously mm. and with love in in their sexual center it's just really beautiful yeah. so women empowering women and awakening women you know
0: yeah there's one other thing I'd like to touch on is that the media has dramatically affected how I look at my body how I believe relationships mm-hmm. have happen um I feel like I have a big Disney complex that I've been working through of like being this perfect princess who is pure and waiting for the one person. And I've dispelled a lot of that for myself and really worked through it. But I also (coughs) think there's, you know, especially as an actor and being in Hollywood, you know, the age for women to be able to work is getting older and we are seeing more diverse age of women. But there is still this stigma and this idea that like women over 40, I would say, maybe 50 now, you know, are old and and that's it. And, and basically they're like not necessarily good for anything or like there's not there's not a story to be told there. Um, and so b- because of the demographic that you work with, I'm I'm curious if this comes up because. I think there are a lot of myths that women aren't sexual as they get older or they don't want sex, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not true. And it's clear, I think, by your work that that is 100 percent a myth and that that's something that's being cultivated and that doesn't that shouldn't continue that like we're hopefully breaking through. But it's it's a slow process. It
2: is a slow process and And you're studying that. Yeah. You know, you're breaking that, you know, and that's what I think what you do when you're consciously doing this work that you're doing, what I'm doing, you heal the past and the future and and your present, you know. So we do it one woman at a time. Mm -hmm. And so breaking that myth, and I mentioned this to you earlier when we were just talking that. A lot of women say they're not interested in sex with their partners, but they're just not interested in the kind of sex they're having. Because, again, the lack of education, the art of uh, sexual loving. And nobody wants to talk about it. And uh, how do we change that? We do that by doing what we do now. Mm -hmm. The women in the 40s, for me, that was a peak time because I was – my children were you know more self-sufficient and grown i could turn my attention towards me Mm. not to say that again some it's not true i would say for all but for many um that sort of gets on the back burner so we're starting to reclaim this but there is this idea of the older woman becomes invisible right and that she isn't it is a myth, yeah, and we have to dispel that myth by living our life, living our truth as we get to that age, and continue in our radiance and co- keep connecting to that energy and asking for what we want and being responsible for our own pleasure. We, how to answer this is all. I think women are starting to do this in your in Hollywood. Yeah, um, you have some really vocal women. Yeah, around that now, and I think when we start speaking our truth and and all this. Uh, Coming back to age doesn't seem relevant in for the women that I work with, yeah, because they still want to come into their fullness as sexual women. I understand the climate here and the as far as Hollywood and yeah. and keeping that um, sense of beauty and youth mm-hmm. and sexually dynamic energy. And as we get older, that sexuality can be expressed in sexual intimacy. That energy is still available to us, but it also gets expressed in other ways. Right. It it also,
0: yeah, and shifts. It it shifts Mm -hmm. in in
2: different ways. Yes, it, it can be to birth this podcast program yeah Yeah, that is the sexual creative energy I know you're more interested in and you know in the taboo area of sexuality and so forth but as we get older it can be expressed out in different forms yeah but it's still flowing we're not dead right we're not dead but there is still a lot of desire all women want to be desired yeah and there's still a lot of libido Yeah. And it can wane and it be expressed in a different way, but it's still available. Yeah. And I feel no short circuit of my sexual energy or my capacity for sexual delight and pleasure and intimacy. Now, every woman is different. Sure. And I think it's because of all the uh, exploration of my sexual essential self. And I think if women, um at all these ages 40 50 or 60 open to that they'll find it's still very alive yeah
0: absolutely i was just gonna say that i think you don't have to but if that is something that you're interested in exploring and awakening it's there
2: it's there it's there in
0: whatever way and that doesn't even have to mean you're right with partnership right it can be you know Intimacy by yourself, or just even talking in a more intimate, open way, as opposed to like physical kind of like physical intimacy. But yeah, I think there's so many more opportunities than we give ourselves credit. Absolutely. For that you know, down. we
2: get we've been under the spell. Yeah. That um our time is up. Yeah. Our that, time exactly.
0: is up. Exactly. I yeah. think that was like one of the big things I was getting at. Is you're right. Like the the messages you're over the moon, like it's over, You've you've your, your prime time is done and now you just wait to there's die There's something <laughs> very
2: wonderful about seeing a mature woman carry her full sexuality yeah. and her full radiance and she walks in a room, people notice her.
0: Oh, 100%. You,
2: regardless of age, if you're connected to that life force, yeah. that sexual creative energy within you at any age, there's a certain radiance and, you know, ooh, I want some of that, yeah, you know. Yeah,
0: totally. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you for sharing your time with me and your story and and sharing so openly and lovely. Where can people, where are you based again?
2: Well, I'm in the Midwest. However, uh, I do Skype. I do uh, FaceTime. Where can people find you? You can, uh, Janisdeluca.com. Okay. And I also travel to different. I used to teach here in California and Washington all over. Um, So I'm, if there's ever a group of women who wants me to come, you're there. Where they are. I'm there. Awesome. Well, thank cool. you, Cherry. Yeah, thank you
0: so much. Oh, boy. Thanks, Janice. Thanks, Janice. That was so great. She's so wonderful. And it's so funny that I met her through... Um, her daughter is incredibly talented and, and works in the film industry. Uh, and so I met her through that. So it's cool to know, like, two generations in a family. Oh, yeah. Um. But, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I just had a blast talking to you. Yeah. Uh, as always, please subscribe, grade um, us five stars, send in your, if you want to be on the show or you have somebody else you think would want to be on the show, email us at
1: Findingmyum at gmail.com.
0: Yes. And then, uh, Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Send us a DM at Finding My Young Podcast. Mm -hmm. We want to hear from you. Um, Yeah. I don't know what else to say.
1: Go out, everybody, and be open.
0: Yeah, be open. Bye.